you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL Podcast has a perfect QB rating. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hanses, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey. How are you? Happy Thursday. Thanks for not wearing your coat and making us look bad. I know. I did an NFL Now hit. Uh, this morning, NFL Now is a major new platform initiative by mm. the NFL Media Group uh, where we do regular hits, and you can find that on the old NFL Now, and which is a thing. And then also on the top of download all it. many stories, iTunes, it's an app. your tablets, an app. your phone, your your desktop. Oh, man, what a Please, product, if you do Mark. it, please, if you listen to this, you like the podcast, you should check out NFL Now and check out our videos can, on that. We haven't pimped that at all. We're on that a lot. Can you watch? I wish you, they could tell us where they got it from. Like, if you could sign in and say, like, I'm coming here because the podcast told me to. That would give us some cred. Can you watch NFL now on your Lenovo? Oh, yeah. That's good. That would be very good, too. Hey, by the way, TD, when you – Synergy, holding his hands together. Uh, TD, when you came in, Greg and I were taking turns trying to impersonate you. So Greg and I are both going to do our TD impersonation, and you'd say who does it better. We'll do. All right, Greg goes first. So what's going on, guys? Just hanging out here at NFL Media today. How's it going? All right. All right. My turn. I'll pick Dan. <laughs> what's happening, fellas? What's going on? Big week at the NFL, as you know. I didn't. I didn't have time to prepare uh, what you were going to say. Uh, so I would go with uh, both equally weak, mm. but uh, as I prefer the body language on Dan's impression, so I'll go mm. with that one. It's always about body language. Always is. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's one one victory right off the bat. I'm very excited <laughs> about this week. Uh, so yeah, big show. This is our week seven preview show. Uh, as you know, when we're going to uh, go through all the games as we do every week and talk about them, pick them, tell, uh, tell us, uh, go over why we pick them, our hero picks and all other picks. It'll be fun. Uh, but before we get to the games, let's do 
uh, what we always do. We throw to our Around the NFL team that's going to stay late Thursday night and watch the big game. This time, it's Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. Mark self-proclaimed it the A-team, so take it away, A-team. Well, we are the A-team. That's very appropriate, isn't it, Greg? Well, they dial up the best Thursday night game of the year to fantastic teams, the Jets and the Patriots. We want an unbiased look at things, so we, we put Dan at a bar or something. We get to talk about it. <laughs> Good game. I mean, we got what a great a game. game. What a game. I mean, we've waited for this. 27-25, the Patriots win it on a blocked field goal, 58-yard attempt as time expired. Chris Jones with the block and some poetic justice, if you're a Patriots fan, or symmetry, because Chris Jones is the man who last year, you might remember, got called for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on a missed folk kick in overtime, ultimately setting up the Jets' win. And Bill Belichick came to the podium right after the game, and he said how happy he was for Chris Jones and how fitting it was. Oh, yeah, and if you're a New York fan whose heart's just been broken, you will see that poetry and say, this makes sense. Uh, It is tough because I know you wrote about Mark, that this was the best performance we've seen from the Jets all year. I think it's safe to say it's the best performance we've seen from Geno Smith all year. And, you know, if you're a Jets fan, you just would have loved to see them finish it out because it was kind of a magical ending there how Geno Smith set up that long field goal. I thought the way that New York approached this game offensively out of the gate was the perfect way to neutralize Tom Brady, which is keep the ball completely out of his hands. They controlled the ball for 22-plus minutes with a very effective— you know, they ran for 31 yards against Denver last week, and we spent all Sunday saying how their offensive line looked like a total mess. And then tonight, what was it, 218 yards? That's the most that Bill Belichick has ever given up at home. I, that's a concerning issue for, pa- for Patriots fans. It's a third time this year they've been gashed on the ground, and I thought about the two players that the Patriots have lost— for the season and how their absence showed up tonight. So you don't have Jared Mayo and there's a cascade effect where they change their whole defense. They go base three, four back to what they were doing more last year, Chandler Jones and Ninkovich on the outside, standing up as linebackers and everything didn't work. I mean, whatever the reason was, they were getting steamrolled. The pass rush was okay. I wouldn't say it was a huge problem when Geno Smith went back to pass, but on the ground, I mean, they were getting run over. And then Steven Ridley, I thought they missed him a lot too. The, the pass run and balance in a close game. Brady threw 37 times. They only ran 15 times. Jonas Gray basically took over as the inside runner, and he only had three carries. So they're missing that kind of pounding running back threat. Yeah, and the Jets, they're one in six. You have to wonder Ugh. at this point, really, you know, what happens from here for them. Their schedule, and I know that we don't want to, you know, agree with people that say that's, you know, the schedule is what it well, is. Well, now it kind it, of, now you can look at the schedule. You can't before the year, but now you can. It is a murderer's row of quarterbacks that they faced. <laughs> they lost all six games to the like of Matthew Stafford, Jay Cutler, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, really everyone, Aaron Rodgers, the whole group. It's that's ugly, but I, you know, let's flip it to New England for one thing because you know, as a Patriots fan, Greg, or just in, as an observer, they're going to face much better offenses than what they saw tonight. That I really would have to be concerned about them, and also what Brady. I thought I didn't think Brady in the offense looked sharp in the passing game. Uh, I don't think Brady was a problem tonight. I thought he played a good game. I mean, he missed a few more throws this week than he did uh, the previous two weeks, but he also made some great throws. 
He threw for three touchdowns. After all everything that what the people were honking about, he has 13 touchdowns and two interceptions yeah, on the year. Yeah. That's pretty good. The the drive of the game and why I think it was a great Brady game or a very good one was in the fourth quarter when they took the touchdown, where they scored the touchdown to go up eight. There's a third and five to start out that drive where a free rusher is coming at Brady, and he kind of slings it sidearm Aaron Rodgers style to pick up the first down. Then he goes for a dagger down the middle to Gronkowski, and then they have a third and goal from the 20 where Brady makes a play moving to his left, which you rarely see. Danny Amendola makes his best play as a Patriot. That was a great, a great, great drive for Brady. They they played pretty well on offense. It was really the defense that was a problem. I did notice that Edelman he had two very bad drops tonight. Gronk had a drop or two. Yeah. Uh, you know, New England. You know, New York had a chance here because New England just wasn't on its game at, at, at various points. They scored the five, first five times they had the ball. They didn't punt till midway through the third quarter. It's I crazy. I just think the problem though here was New York. Listen, they they had the ball 15 times inside of New England's 30 in the first half mm. came away with three field goals it to Geno Smith's credit though they did finish off the two drives in the second half down the stretch you know they got touchdowns and then he got the ball back with only a minute six he sets up the possible game winner it, it's tough one and six if their season wasn't over before did we fork them we forgot to well, fork them. I think that's that's coming and I mean for, do you feel that it is just an inevitable conclusion that Rex Ryan is no out the door. He's got he, this guy's tough to kill. I don't know. Y- I you're don't right know. with the schedule that they have. It's hard to imagine. But what if they played great down the stretch, great enough to you know win seven games or something? Well, last year know. they fought and clawed to get to eight and eight, but they never were more than two games under five hundred. Right now you're sure. one and six, and they're just there's a lack of talent here. I just I, I'd be I'd be concerned about Ryan's future. The Patriots have a really tough schedule coming up too, but they are at home the next two weeks. They've played more games on the road already. Chicago, and but listen to this after that: Denver, Indy, Detroit, at Green Bay, at San Diego. Mm. It's going to be tough for the Patriots to have one of those 12 and 4 type of years, but it gives them a nice cushion that they're to 5 and 2 now even though they haven't played their best early in the season. I guess that's it. Hopefully Dan's out there somewhere enjoying the game. And I'm ho- going gonna, gonna to text him and see how he is. I, I'm looking at TD through the glass. TD's saying he, wrap it up, he's baby. Saying, Guys, this is about 4 minutes too long. TD. What's happening? What's happening, guys? What okay, happening? I can't do it. All right, let's send it back to Dan and, and the rest of the crew. All right. Great job there by the, the A-team, Mark. Good job, buddy. You know, let me tell you something. Yes. I'm struggling with this episode. <laughs> I know. You haven't said anything yet. <laughs> I, don't, I just feel that we launched into this with four minutes of company propaganda. <laughs> we're wow. better than that. Yeah. Who, wants, who would want to grow a product that we're helping to work on? Obvious response, but... It, it is funny when Mark rages against the machine and then cashes Rog's checks every other yeah. Friday. I'm not railing against Rog or anyone else. I just think it's time to get down to the games. All right, then. Let's get into it. And we'll start with a game between two teams that, gentlemen, I know on this side of the table, not big, guy, not big dome guys, but the Saints are heading to Ooh. Ford Field to play the Lions, uh, a matchup of uh, two teams that are supposed to light up the scoreboard, but we don't know what we're going to see here because we know the Saints have not been as prolific as we thought they were going to be this year. We know the Lions are probably not going to be uh, with Calvin Johnson for a second straight week. 
The Saints need this win. Where are they at right now? Two and four? Two and three. Two and three. They need this win. So you got the Lions that are riding high, defense playing very well. How do we see this shaking out? I think that might have been prophetic to call them two and four. Mm, Obviously, a burn. team that struggles on the road, but also, and I, you know, we never know how much of a role this plays, but Joe Lombardi, coordinator for the Lions, offensive coordinator, knows the Saints about as well as anyone. Maybe he stopped over to the defensive side. The coaches said, let me give you a few tips on how to shut this down. I think the defense in, in stopping the Saints offense, oddly, isn't Detroit's problem. This is one of the worst offenses in the league right now. I mean, it's amazing how much less criticism a guy like Matthew Stafford would take when he's got a defense carrying him. And he hasn't played horribly, but he's been part of the problem, a little more conservative. They've averaged eight and a half points, essentially, on offense the last two weeks combined. Their defense is scoring, setting up points for them. But they, they struggle doing anything right now. Hopefully they get you know healthier in the backfield. But without Calvin Johnson, they're worse than they would have been even a year ago, I think, without Calvin Johnson, if that makes sense. I've been high on the Lions all year, but but I picked against them for the very reason you're talking about. I don't like their offense right now. They're not that good without Calvin Johnson. And the Saints have Mark Ingram back. Who, I mean, even the top defense in the NFL isn't stopping that guy. No, stop. <laughs> you no, he looked fantastic in the Browns game before he went out. It was unstoppable. Mark Ingram, though, is, you know, Chris tries to stay unbiased with all things, but for some reason his, of his boys. burning love of Mark I don't, Ingram. I don't know where a, this comes from that passion. I try to stay unbiased. You, I am not unbiased okay. in any way. If I gave you the choice <laughs> to build a big, beautiful house on Tybee Island, you, Mark Ingram, and Steve Smith all sharing the property together, kicking back, drinking some yingling. And That's what I'm talking about. Mac Blasson, throwing a little corn, a little cornhole. What a party. Some ladies come over. However, once a month, Matt Schaub comes and stays for a weekend. (laughs) Schaub's in the mix, and it's a surprise, but he is. I would absolutely do that, and I'm predicting a fist fight by the end of the night between me and Steve Smith over Cornhole. I don't like your chances in that, buddy. (laughs) I don't either. This Uh, is one of the most fascinating games, I think, of the year, because this is your Super Bowl pick, the Saints. You picked them to win. Both these guys, right? Win the Super Bowl. I was was hoping to slip out of that, (laughs) that, but I I did jumping off. That, but this is kind of that game where it's like the expectations and everything that we saw on paper meets up with what's actually happening in 2014. The Saints have to win this game; they can't fall to two and four. Whereas the Lions, they're a much different team than we we thought. They're a much better team, at least than I thought they were going to be. Wes and myself picked the Saints to get back on track. The other three gentlemen, including you boys, picked the Lions. So that we're split on this one. Should be a good game. Very good game, in fact. Moving on, the Panthers coming off that tie, 37-37 tie, uh, got saved by a missed field goal. Now travel to Lambeau to face the Packers, who are coming off that narrow win against the Miami Dolphins, where Aaron Rodgers uh, pulled a little fake spikery and then won the game uh, with a pass late to Andrew Corliss. Uh, So the Packers at Lambeau riding high on a winning streak. The Panthers are a hard team to figure out. How do we figure this one out? For me, one thing, outside of the defense, which has fallen so far from where they were a season ago, you know, the Bengals game last week, they basically ditched the ground game outside of Cam Newton, just said, you're going to have to be the one guy that moves us on the ground, and, and he well, did. But he's the guy that decided that, because that was it was all read option, and they were giving it to him. They were daring him to run, and he basically looked at these guys, Darren Reeves and Fozzie Whitaker. He said, I can run better than them, and he, he just took over because all of those were run 
pass options. Yeah, that's, he only ran twice in the first half, and then fifteen times after. Well, and that. bad on Cincinnati for not stopping that. But my my problem is I don't I don't care you know whether that worked or not last week. That's not a sustaining ground game in the NFL. That's fair. The Packers are last in the NFL in run defense, I think, and they've been better the last few weeks against the run than the Panthers have. Mm. <laughs> I think the Panthers are more of a passing team now. But you wonder if Kelvin Benjamin's not available for this game and he missed the first two practices of the week with a concussion, whether they can still be a passing team. I mean, Football Outsiders has the Panthers as the seventh best passing team in the league. Cam Newton risen to the top five in my old quarterback index. I think he's playing better. He's throwing the ball better than he has at any point in his career. The man formerly known as Riverboat Ron agrees with you. He said that today. Mm -hmm. He told reporters that Cam Newton is playing better now than he ever has. And that's coming behind an offensive line that still isn't protecting him well. It's not been a great line. Although, in the offseason, it just shows how little we really know about any team going in because we predicted complete doom for this passing game and looked at the offense and just wondered how they'd do anything. Kelvin Benjamin remains my pick for rookie of the year on offense. He has been game to game getting better and impossible to go. If he's not in there, that's a huge issue for the Carolina Panthers. It's a tough matchup, too. I mean, I, I think the Packers secondary is coming together. It's also very they're, banged up. I mean, a couple flashing. guys didn't practice today. Casey Hayward, Sam Shield, they've all started to make plays. Micah Hyde, they've all started ha ha, looking Clinton better. Clinton Dix had his best game of the year, it's too. A, it's a good-looking secondary. And we talked about it in our last preview. You guys both picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl. I think Greg and I both picked the Packers. I'm feeling, as the season's getting going on, I'm starting to feel better about the pick, whereas after two weeks, I was like, oh, boy, I'm in deep trouble here. I think the Packers at home with Aaron Rodgers playing at this level, relatively healthy, still waiting for Eddie Lacy to really kind of come into his own and, and get on a roll, but I can't pick against the Packers, and none of us did. All, all four, five across picked the Packers. I wonder if we see less of Lacy because when it's crunch time last week, when they had to win a game, he didn't get off the bench. It's James Starks, and to be honest, the offense – Looks a little better when James Starks. Starks has been James good Stop. dating back to last season. James Starks is fine. playing well. He's good in the passing no. game. He's breaking a lot of tackles. I, I'm just no. basing it on what I'm seeing. I, and the Packers agree with me because when they had to go win a game last week, there was no Lacey involved so at all. So based on one series in the whole year, they agree Three with you? Three series, really. The whole fourth quarter, the, he, he was sitting out for the Save most. one game. Eddie Lacey's been bad this year. He has not brought anything. I know, obviously, it goes well the beyond film just disagree the with, with you. What, tell me what you're saying. There's no holes. When he has holes, right. the Vikings game, he was great. Okay. Hold, but he's been running like holes. that the whole year. It's not just Eddie Lacy, but the bottom line is he hasn't been producing at the level he did last year. So I understand why they're mixing things up and see if maybe we could find something else with a different running back. It's weird. I think it's one of the weirdest subplots of the season that Eddie Lacy has had this much struggle, struggling, uh, trouble as the running, ga- running game in general. And whether or not it's him, it's, uh, it is an issue that Green Bay's offense last year had more balance and that was long awaited for, for the Packers. And, and, and until they can get that, there is some concern about the attack, I think. Most, t- most teams, I would say, you can't rely on Aaron Rodgers to keep playing like this, but he is on a roll oh, here where he has five plays a game where he's about to get crunched and he just throws a ball. I mean, he's been really extending plays the last few weeks and getting away with it and finding guys at the last minute for big plays. To quote the great Liam Gallagher, he's godlike. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward, the San Francisco 49ers coming off that Monday night win over the Rams now head to Mile High Stadium on Sunday night 
to play the Denver Broncos. I don't even know if they call it Mile High Stadium, do they? It's some major corporate venture. In Vesco Field, maybe, at Mile High. Doesn't I matter. You great. got it. All right, nailed it. Home <laughs> run. Uh, to, to play the Broncos. You get the Broncos coming off the win over the Jets. Tom, uh, excuse me, Peyton Manning, very close to the touchdown record, um, which, you know, don't not nothing to get too excited about, but that's going to be a major subplot, at least for NBC's coverage of this game. But how about the game? The 49ers, another team a little bit hard to figure out right now. This is a big time for them to – they can get a win on Sunday night in Denver. Everyone's going to say the Niners are back and are a favorite in the NFC. I think they're back anyways. And I was not believing in them coming into the year. But the way that they've withstood a lot of tough situations and with all the players that have been hurt for them, once they start getting everyone back, Patrick Willis is going to be out for this game too. Once Jimmy Ward, he's, he might be out for this game. Once you get Bowman and Alden Smith back, I mean, I think this is a deep, deep defense right now. Yeah, I, I've been kind of thinking that since August that they need to tread water until November and then they get all those guys back. As long as they're good by January, they'll be fine. I'd like to see the matchup of Denver, their defensive line, versus the 49ers' offensive line. Because when San Francisco's really struggled this season, it's when they haven't gotten that ground game going or they've just gone away from it. The Broncos last week, and maybe it's more a Jets' offensive line issue, absolutely wrecked New York's ground game. They couldn't get anything going. And I just want to see how that works out because if San Francisco does what it's good at – they have a chance here. I don't think it's just the Jets' offensive line. Von Miller's playing better than any defensive player other than J.J. Watt. I was going to say, we were talking about it downstairs. Wes, you were actually arguing with some people in the newsroom in a, in a nice that way. That wouldn't Not happen, Not in a vicious way, yes. But Wes disagreed and was sharing his opinion, saying that he thought the Seahawks were still a better team than last year's Seahawks. Does anyone disagree that this Broncos team is better than last year's Broncos team? They seem like a much better unit, more mm. balanced team, right? I think they're much better on defense, and they're probably not quite as well-oiled on offense. I don't think you can ask any team what they did on offense last year statistically to come back and double down on that. But I like the team makeup better than I did a season ago. I think the 49ers can win if we see two straight great games out of Colin Kaepernick. Can you give us two in a row that are great? Because every once every month or so, Colin Kaepernick from the first month that he was in the league comes out, and he just puts together – a perfect game, basically. Like, he's the type of pitcher. He'll just, like, that's what he did on Monday night. He essentially played a perfect game. And you see that, and you kind of like, can you do that twice in a row? Can they dial up the right plays? What's two in a row going to do for you? You need, like, three months of... Or, sure, but yeah. let's start with two in oh, a row, okay. at least. By the way, bad job by Greg, who is really tooting the... Uh, you're, you're behind. You're the conductor of the Niners train right now. We <laughs> all picked against, we all picked against con- them. I'm not Broncos condu- across the board in our picks. I'm not conducting the train. <laughs> Next stop, Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, that's it. All right, now it's time we get into this. Sometimes this can get a little awkward because it's it's a gang mentality. This is the defend your hero segment where just one of us picks a team and the rest of you went the other direction. And now that man, in this case, we're all men, so that man must defend his hero. <laughs> Defend your hero. Which is to say that if there was a woman that was on the Around the NFL podcast, and maybe down the line that will happen, Greg, <laughs> uh, we would you know, say that that person must defend the hero. But in this case, we just say men. It would be nice to have like a female host, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, a lot of room for that. In my own grave. 
all right, so this is the Defend Your Hero segment, and in today's, uh, this schedule, we have one, two, three, four games uh, that were only one of us picked, and we'll start with one that I picked. I have two this week. Of course, as Greg knows, I'm the leader this season with five <laughs> hero picks out of nine. And while we're on the subject... Out of nine. I like also, it. Also, <laughs> winning percentage. We're not keeping track also, of Also, while that. we're here, uh, Greg, the standings as well. Yeah, it's really exciting What's this year. What's going on there? Three-way tie for first right now uh, with Mark and Dan and I. Patra's only two back. Wes is uh, struggling a little bit. Where's Wes? By the way, seven back. Looked seven at back. looked this morning at the standings and where it talked about the three people in first place. You'd think you would naturally just make that alphabetical, right? Hmm. <laughs> who's who's up top? Who is it? The boss. Oh. Oh. Obviously, phoned into the edit desk and said, "Listen, just well, I could see that. get I could me see at the top happen. of this." Well, I won yeah. last year, so it just carries over the time. So, uh, two <laughs> points on that. You, just Greg, concerning, Greg. You were doing a lot of you were bad mouthing me earlier in the season, saying no I was one in cares the deep about distance. our records. I care about them, and the listeners do care. And Wes, your thoughts? You going to get back in this thing? I don't. Uh, I don't really care about records at six games. Right, like, exactly. I don't think the Saints are worse than the Panthers. Mm. Mm. Interesting. That's I have more talent than, than you in picking games. Oh, how dare Just you. Just like the Saints wow. have more talent than the Panthers. Wow. I have demonstrated wow. by my track record I have, that, I, that I should be given some benefit of the doubt I here cannot, after six games. This has now gotten personal, <laughs> and you have no chance. I am getting the troops together. It is over, son. I don't like Ice how, up, son. I don't like how Dan is disrespected as a game picker. Yeah, uh, if, that's, this goes on this for is, years. Come on, this well, is enough. He's enough doing. Is he's enough. not doing a fine job this Scoreboard. season. He's in first Scoreboard. place. He's in first place. Now You're like the you. Arizona Cardinals right now. Yeah, a house of cards, ready to tumble. <laughs> Good. Four <laughs> and one, winning by a, a point or two every week. Smoking mirrors. You will be found it's out. A lot of lip coming wow. from that guy who's like eight games back. Are you done? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Moving on to the first <laughs> hero pick by Dan Hansis, who was. Five for nine so far wow, this season. Wow, he's going third person. That's 556, is, I think, stick percentage. Stick a camera in this room. The Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> are home. The Jacksonville, here, here's the thing. The Jags are winless. However, the Browns are coming into town, and this is a different Browns team than in the past several years, of course. The Browns are coming off a big wipeout of the Steelers. They're three and two. They're feeling really good. But the Jaguars, perhaps overdue. Perhaps? Definitely overdue. I thought... Mark was your friend. He's come over to see your newborn child. He's been nice to you, and now you're trolling him with a winless team? <laughs> well, two things. Number one, Mark, you know it's not personal. I just feel like the Browns aren't ready for this yet. I feel like it doesn't mean their season's about yeah. to go in the tank, but I feel like they're going to have a little misstep. It brings them down to earth a little bit, and then they start building Cause up Because you've got to be ready to go to Everbank. You know, with that, well, with that the pool, pools. you like, might have a woman in jeans and a pool. <laughs> or a 300-pound man staring might? at teens. 130 seconds ago on this show, yeah. I am going to bat for you on your ability <laughs> to make picks and how much respect you deserve. What was yeah. this move? Well, listen, it's not personal. And, and the real shock to me is that I got a hero pick because this would be the first time Wes has supported the Browns on any level for a month and a half. Well, look, you guys are in my head. Every week you accuse me of, of being a bad friend to Mark, and I just don't want to be a bad friend anymore. It is now, rather, you, now you have taken that spot. It is rather sophomoric that we are actually calling each other bad friends for not mm. picking that person's so-called well, favorite team. We are group. idiots. Don't forget <laughs> that. Well, that's fair. Let's start there. Yeah. I feel like you're not giving uh, Kyle Shanahan any love here. I mean – the it, offensive coordinator who's been dialing up plays better than any play caller in the league up against what's been a dreadful Jaguars offense. 
look at what the Browns have done every week. They're a good team. The Jaguars stink. Here's the here's the weird thing, and I guess this would be called irony. I have a Sessler mm. that the Jaguars are going to take care of the Browns here. And you're right, Shanahan's playing great. Brian Hoyer's playing great. Uh, what what do you? Oh, I said he's playing great. Excuse me, coaching great. Brian Hoyer is playing great. This team, everything makes sense that they would continue rolling, and yet something feels off. And I that's don't what think it, this is the that's week. what a hero pick is. It doesn't yeah, have to make true. sense. And you know what? There, there's a lot of. I'm not just saying this to agree with Dan, but I mean the Jaguars are not a good football team. They've at been the, better the last. Couple they have weeks. been better. They took the Steelers right to the edge. They really should have won last week. That's and true. Blake Bortles is going to have that game. Cleveland's defense has been horrible. Hmm. So there is not. This is not illogical. There's one guy I like though on the Browns defense. Can you guess who it is? Each week, who's your favorite guy right now on the Browns defense? I think Carlos. Dansby. I think Dante Whitner has yeah, been playing well. Dansby. I like Gibson. I feel like he's been. Uh, he's been. How he's, are they yep. a bad team if they've got all these good players on their defense? I don't get it. I don't either. Well, they are. Tasha they Gibson. have lost. They're down to what essentially you know four or five defensive linemen are out. Right. So and but anyways, I think Dan. Listen, Blake Bortles is going to do it one of these weeks. That defense does get pressure on the quarterback. That's one thing it has done well. All right, so let's move on to the second hero pick. We'll go with Greg. We'll come back to, to my second one. Why Greg. did I just defend your hero against the Browns, by the way? <laughs> I did plenty of defending, too, but I knew I could count on you to, to get a little gloomy about the Browns. I knew I had that in well my back done. pocket. Got in my head. Yeah, uh, so the New York Giants are coming off that really bad Sunday night game against the Eagles on multiple levels. They got shut out by a division rival. Then they lost, lost Victor Cruz for the year to a, uh, a bad knee injury. Now they head to Big D to face the 5-1 and one Cowboys coming off that great, great, great win against the Seahawks at, uh, at the clink. So the Giants seem to be in a rough spot. The Cowboys seem to be in a great spot. But when these two teams play, it's not always that easy to uh, figure out. Now, the, the whole group, save one, picked the Cowboys. The only one that didn't is Greg Rosenthal. So, Greg, defend your hero. I mean, this is Eli's house. He's got his name on the wall and everything. Every time they go down there, they win. I mean, I don't know if you remember that. The first game in, in Jerry World, the Giants won. Eli signed his name mm-hmm. on the locker. They do it every time since. I am not giving up on the Giants as a good team just because they had a total stink bomb performance. I think they're the type of team and coach and Eli Manning that responds to a terrible game. And I don't think the Cowboys are some dominant squad. You know, two weeks ago at home, they went to overtime against Houston. I just think they're ripe after a week of everyone kind of blowing, you know what, up Jerry Jones' world. Blowing, blowing up what? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever okay. you call it, that uh, the Cowboys go down. It's fair. It Can't makes a lot of sense because yeah. the Cowboys, this would be the game. And I actually, I thought this about the Houston game that they would they stub their toe. But now they really, this is classic Cowboys territory. <laughs> you go up to Seattle and you play amazing football, outplay, not just beat the Seahawks, outplay them badly. Now you come back home and the Giants are their backs against the wall. I totally could see where this can turn into, you know, a 31 to 17 Giants win and everyone's like, ah, oh, the Cowboys sucked us in again. Yeah, that's how the NFL works. Just when you think you know everything and America jumps on one narrative, that narrative gets blown up in a matter of Nay, a few days. the world, because we have a lot of overseas listeners. Chris good Russell. catch, Dan. Thank you. I, I still think this Cowboys defense is good because they don't have to get on the field as much. Aren't they giving up like five and a half yards per carry on the ground? Right. And it, look, it's no Rashad Jennings this week. It's going to be Andre Williams. 
But I think the Giants have enough firepower. I still see this as a three-team race in the NFC, so that's kind of – I'm not giving up on that, so I'm not giving up on the Giants. In this offense, the loss of Victor Cruz, is that as big a deal as it would be in a run-and-shoot type offense that they ran for a long time? Look, they've got receivers. I mean, Cruz is valuable, but – They've they got Ruben. a lot of inexperienced receivers yeah. right now that are going to be I'm asked not, to play. I'm not excited for Preston Parker. <laughs> Eli Manning <laughs> called them out. He didn't say it. I don't know if he was talking about the defense, but he said basically we need to grow up. We need to take you know uh, more responsibility. People Eli need leadership. To t- people need to take it seriously. It never happened. You never hear him talk like that, but that's what he said on Monday. Ruben Randall, Odell Beckham, Larry Donnell, I think those are some of the people he might be talking about. But they're, that's a talented receiver. I think we like Beckham, though, after a couple of weeks of plays. Looked this good. is his chance now to step into a, a starring role if he really is the goods, and it seems like he is. He's going to be a major part. They're going to ask a lot for, from him. Let's move on. Chris Wessling sees the Oakland Raiders as a team that's overdue, just as I see the Jaguars as a team that's going to get a W. That's what Wes sees because all of us, we picked the Cardinals to go to the black hole and take care of business with Carson Palmer. However, Chris Wessling says, no, you're all fools. The Raiders and Derek Carr are going to get their first win. So I ask you now, Chris Wessling, defend your hero. Well, I've been a staunch and loyal supporter of the Oakland Raiders for a long time. (laughs) I admire their entire operation. They have wonderful fans. And I just feel like, you know, with all of that going for them, how can the Cardinals come into the black hole and win? I wish you weren't a liar. Oh. <laughs> I thought. This is, what are the odds that Chris Wesseling, I don't know when the last time you had any hero picks were, and that it's on the Raiders. Browns very, and the Raiders both yeah, picked Very this week, strange territory for you, Chris. Well, I have said this many times in the podcast. The Cardinals are a much better team at home, and they're barely winning at home these days. They're an, they're a banged up team. Their quarterback doesn't have a good arm right now. I don't trust them to go into the black hole and beat a team that looked really frisky last week and frankly outplayed one of the best teams in the NFL. It seems like the Raiders are finally and it's a, such a week to week proposition with their offense, but Andre Holmes, nice game last week. Some of their wide receivers starting to show some Bryce chemistry. Brown. It's a little bit like the Jacksonville situation where you've got a young quarterback that looks to be potentially the real deal. And it's going to break at some point. They're going to get a win. I mean, I kind of like the strategy, Chris. Thank you. I think it's also maybe a little bit, you know, you're ha- you get outside of your comfort zone, having to pick the Browns and the Raiders. You're searching let's, to get back into this yeah, thing. Let's, Potentially let's talk about dangerous, that a second. too. West, seven games out. Again, this is, this is a long way to go, but perhaps you are exiting your comfort zone to get a little momentum. Well, it's like I told Greg in the newsroom. This has been a look-in-the-mirror week for me. I need to be a better Chris Wessling in all facets of my life. So I'm doing some some self-evaluation this week. Going beyond the picks, you're saying? Like everything, all of my life, I need to to become Mm. a better version of me. I like you the way you are, but that's that's a fine quest. It is. And as part of that quest, I put the Wes in quest. (laughs) As part of that quest, you're you're hitching your wagon to Tony Sperano. Well, that's not like you may, all the balls. You may have more. That's uh, not the guiding principle. If you bury <laughs> well, the balls, say. you bury the balls, you bury the past. There may be more internal searching to do. I, I agree. I, I think you. that's the best part of self-evaluation. You continually search. A lot of your anti-Cardinals <laughs> rhetoric I was spouting last week. Rhetoric. When I was defending my hero. Uh, was this a political debate? 
And it could have worked if Kirk Cousins hadn't turned the ball over four times in the fourth quarter. They still laid hey, down three. Joe Theismann, where's your Messiah now? <laughs> By next week, Wes will be talking about transcendental meditation. That's my. <laughs> why? Prediction. Why wait a week? While yeah. he picks the Rams. <laughs> All right, uh, the final hero pick, Greg. We should do this properly because I I shouldn't be setting up my own defense of a hero. Well, pick. I enjoyed it when you went third person. Yeah, that was too much. So, why don't you set me up on this? Put on your your old uh, host cap. Take it out from the locker. <laughs> and away we go. It has been nice that we've had a room full of heroes now for w- months on end. I oh, think. yeah. After a long time when it was just some heroes. What a run. The Cincinnati Bengals head to Indianapolis, the house that Andrew Luck built. Actually, they, no one calls it that. <laughs> uh, the Bengals haven't played well the last couple weeks. Defense given up a lot of points. But you think they're going to go on the road and beat a streaking Colts team that's won four straight games. Defend your hero. First of all, it's the house that Peyton Manning built. I, I know. That's what I was doing there, buddy. Okay, but I just want, I want to be factual right off the top. Okay, and then I'm going to dig into the game. I don't trust this Colts team yet. I don't know why. Uh, it just, uh, it's a feeling I have that they're not exactly maybe as good as their record indicates. I didn't love their performance uh, on Thursday night against the Texans. I thought that you know they were holding on for dear life in that game. Uh, against a team they should have just, once they got ahead, they should have stayed ahead. They let them back in the game. So I see enough cracks like that where I can't go, get all in. On the other hand, the Bengals are a team that, to me, still is a top three AFC team coming off a frustrating tie. I think they're a better team if you match up just player for player, for player a better team, better, I would say they probably have the coaching advantage as well. So I like the Bengals as a better team, and I think that the better team will win even though it, it is in the house that Peyton Manning built. Mm. Can't argue with a feeling. Mm. I think it's a coin flip game. It's not crazy. This is a good-looking hero pick because I agree with you on a lot of what you said about the Colts. My problem is I don't know what the Bengals are right now. Without A.J. Green, their offense still looked really good, but I'm confused by the defense. They had no pass rush against Carolina and Cam Newton. I don't know what happened there, and and they had a total stink bomb. Imagine if the first two weeks of the season the Bengals gave up 80 points. Everyone would be talking about that the house is on fire and this defense is terrible. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Colts have the most, basically the hottest pass rush in the NFL. 17 sacks in the last five games. They got guys like, you know, our guy, Bjorn Werner. Bjorn Werner. Well, flip side, Cincinnati's given up two sacks all season. That's a good point. And I, you know, the Colts with Andrew Luck, whether he built the house or he didn't, or he's just living in renting it, he's renting it from Peyton Manning for now, but... This offense is scoring a touchdown more per game than it did last year, and it's 10 points more than it was two seasons ago. And they're getting better. They're getting more prolific. Whether they have a running game or not, it just doesn't seem to matter. I struggled with this game, and when I looked at it, I thought this is going to be a shootout. And then who do you want in a shootout, Andrew Luck or Andy Dalton? That's a good question. Andy Dalton gets you ties in a shootout. Andrew Luck gets you wins. (laughs) I like that. By the way, it is the house that Jack Trudeau constructed. Jack Trudeau, the, the former, yeah. Jack Trudeau, the, the, the yeah. former 19, backup quarterback. Yeah, he he's he built it because he's come onto some financial difficulties. Is Mike Pagel his foreman? Pagel's in there. Jeff George is in there, like just being lazy. Trudeau started a playoff game for them in '87, so How'd that's valid. Well, back, it did not go well. Back when Mark was what 25 or something. No. Wow. Age shot. Whoa. Hey, I'm the same age as Wes, and I just happen to be watching football as a child versus building tree houses, whatever you were doing. (laughs) 
building tree. Well, building a tree picture. Greg Rosenthal building something. Building a tree house out of gold Greg bricks as you watch the Patriots anything. go twelve and two. Jews don't build tree houses. <laughs> what, what, what was Greg doing in, at age eight? Was playing sports, having fun with your well, friends. Well, we That's also there are come from your own mouth reports that you were you had dyed your hair at one point a purple black tinge and you were in a goth band. That's not true. <laughs> That's that what you told us. He doesn't admit it was goth, but he There's he was pale goth. and had black There's hair. There's no crazy band. I did dye my hair black when I was 14. If was anyone long. and well, I, a lot of kids did. I got to get that tape. Instead of sending uh, tweets and snitching me out about Pat McAfee, I want the internet to band together to find some copy of Greg Rosenthal's band from junior high. If you can get that to us, <laughs> we will give you. What was the name of the band? All our money. Delaware. Delaware. I mean Delaware. <laughs> it was called Delaware, the least exciting state in the union. Well, that was the joke there. Yeah. Oh wow. Was this based on Wayne's World? Uh, that, I think that in, that helped. That helped. So that really brought the awareness. That was very this very '90s move in the age of irony to call your band Delaware. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. Let's go through the rest of the games now, and we will start with the Atlanta Falcons uh, taking on the Baltimore Ravens. You know, the Falcons are a team that now now we're starting to think they might actually stink. I picked them as a dark horse <laughs> earlier before the season started. Now I'm not feeling so good about that anymore. The Ravens, of course, coming off that game where they absolutely, absolutely trounced the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Joe Flacco had five touchdowns in a little over a quarter, I believe it was, or it was in the first half anyway. So this seems to be, on paper, a mismatch in the favor of the Ravens, correct? I've got a theory about the Falcons, and it's that every time – a team plays the Falcons, we think that team is a world beater the following game. And so mm. so this is the week that the Ravens can stomp on the Falcons, and we can think it's some great performance. After a while, I'm starting to realize the Falcons, other than Matt Ryan and White and Julio Jones, are one of the worst teams in football. Arthur Blank gave Mike Smith a vote of confidence this week, which you know what that means. <laughs> hey, gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I talked about on the last show that I – I think it's just going to be a couple weeks before we start to hear the exact opposite. That what? what? Smith that, is going to be around for a long time? Not just Smith, but, you know, a, we don't want to predict these guys' total dooms, but the, but the, the general manager has not done a good job building this mm. team. You had, a, you had a NFC title roster here that has absolutely crumbled right up in the trenches on both sides of the ball. That the, the good teams right now these days are they're running and they're winning the time of possession. We believe that about their talent on the roster, but Arthur Blank said this week, look, we've got tons of talent that's on what both he sides said, of the ball. That's what he said in public. I think he actually believes that. I well, think he believes the, in Dimitrov. The then the issues would go higher. It is depressing, though, in sports when, you, when they came so close to getting the, to the Super Bowl when they got beat by the Niners – as as if it's not hard enough to deal with as a fan where you come that close, when it turns out a year later and you realize, oh, that was the closest we're going to get with this team and you have to start over, it could be another 10 years, 20 years forever. It's tough. It's being a sports fan is tough. I don't think Dimitrov's going anywhere. It's not Dimitrov. Dimitrov. And Dimitrov. It's Dimitrov. With, it's not Dimitrov. with an E. I don't it's think he's going to go anywhere. Interesting. And they're still going to have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, which is – I know it's only two players, but – that's, two very good that's players. Two amazing Greg, players to build. Like, off. would you though? And it's a lousy division. I. It wouldn't shock me if they're. Who knows that this division eight and eight, nine and seven. You can win. turn around a team in one year in the NFL. Moving forward, the Minnesota Vikings coming off a bad loss to the Lions now travel to Orchard Park to play the Bills. The Bills, of course, got beat by the Pats last week. Uh, I'm interested in Teddy Bridgewater in this game 
how he bounces back from a very tough performance against a very good defense. Now he plays the Bills, who have some players that can also play there. What do we expect from Teddy Bridgewater in this game? We'll start there. I expect him to struggle. Greg has talked up the Bills as having the best defensive line in football, and they're even better at home. I, I, I don't know. To me, like nothing I saw to Teddy Bridgewater last week would would suggest that he's going to have an easy time in Buffalo. The one game where Bridgewater really started to throw the ball downfield and use the weapons around him, if you want to call him that, was the Falcons game. That's they, what I'm talking about. Yeah, Everyone they, looks great against the Falcons. Well, and they couldn't they – couldn't, Minnesota's offensive line has been a pass-protecting mess. And we saw that last week. Was it eight sacks against the Lions? I don't think we can really – you know, say much about Teddy Bridgewater when he's running for his life the way he is, and he's thrown a lot of checkdowns and little screen passes, and he's not even he, – he, he's looked even E.J. Manuel-esque on some of his screen pass attempts, like his, mm. his short passes, and it's because he's under so much duress. In that Falcons game, he looks solid to me. If they can protect him, I think he's, 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 an, he's an interesting quarterback, but we're not going to know until they can do that. You've been diving into the rookies each week on the old rookie watch on NFL.com. What what about Bridgewater? What a great piece that is every week. Every week. What about Bridgewater? <laughs> surprise. What did you learn about that? <laughs> about Bridgewater watching this? Well, that's sort of what I just said. I just think that it's it the big issue for them because for so long they were a great run blocking line for Adrian Peterson and fair enough, you know, for the quarterbacks in terms of pass protection, but he's just been getting killed. That I'm glad he didn't have to deal with the Packers that one game. Well, he does have a stone gargoyle bl- guarding his blind side. <laughs> there you go. I think some of the problem is Bridgewater, at least last week, I mean, he, he admitted it too, that he's got to get rid of the ball. And you see this with a lot of young players. On the other side of the ball, your boy, Kyle Orton, played pretty well against Made some throws. Yeah. He Made pl- some throws against The Patriots. passing game is not their problem, and that's why I took this as my Duracell power pick of the week, Bills over Vikings. And if it's anything like the battery itself, that's a pick that's going to last. <laughs> Mark, what would you think? I, uh, I like that, and I took them also as my power pick because I've found that it's smart to just mimic what the boss does sometimes because <laughs> he'll say, wow, this person gets it. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving on. We all picked, by the way. The last two games I went over, we picked all across. You can figure it out. Next up, Miami. The Dolphins, they were coming out. Oh, what a tough loss for the Dolphins. Felt so terrible for that franchise. Uh, losing to Aaron Rodgers late on a, a touchdown with less than five seconds to play. Now they head to Chicago to play the Bears. And, uh, Greg, as you were just saying, every team looks better against the Falcons. At least the offense does. So should we think that now the Dolphins are going to play a tighter game with the Bears? I think this was the toughest game I've had to pick all year for some reason. Whoa. I don't know why. I probably hubba, say that hubba. every week. But the Dolph- I really wanted to pick the Dolphins. I had a hard time uh, deciding, and I- it's hard to get a feel for this Bears team. You want to think that they kind of turned it around last week and pushed Atlanta around, but like I said, there's that Falcons effect where everyone looks good against them. The Dolphins have a legitimately good defense. This is a great matchup between the Bears passing game and the Dolphins. Football Outsiders ranks the Dolphins as the number four defense in the league, which is surprising. Wow. I think if Steve Smith can go into Carolina and prove to the Panthers that they made a mistake by letting him go, I think this is going to be Brandon Marshall's game. And I think that's a good point. We can talk about the Falcons effect, but a significant portion portion of their improvement on offense is that Brandon Marshall's healthy. Yeah. I mean, they and they put up 480 yards against the Packers. It's not like they haven't been moving the ball. Their defense is 
improved dramatically this year too. So I don't know why. Maybe it shouldn't have been that hard. To I need pick. to ask. They're a weird team. I don't know. They're they're a really tough team to put my finger on whether they're any good or not. I need to ask uh, the DOP handsome Hank about this. I anecdotally, it seems like the Dolphins just lay so many eggs on the road. Mm. They've only played one road game. I mean, year. like in the last couple of isn't years. Isn't that crazy? This is only their second road game, and they isn't that right? Well, that's disappointing because that tells us they're not taking care of business at home either. But this, there's a weird London counted as a road game, but I don't. Know well, that's that. all right. I mean, yeah. that's you know, there's a weird sort of. I just something about the Dolphins does not. Yeah, we all not the fly Bears. right now. They need so a sold yet. charismatic leader. Cameron Wake and Olivier Vernon, though, that's as good a tandem right now as there is, other than in Denver. They're playing really well. It's a, it's a defense that has players all over the place. The Seattle Seahawks coming off a bad loss to the Cowboys now travel to the Edward James Almost Bowl uh, <laughs> Dome to play the St. Louis Rams, who uh, got off to that nice start. Against the Niners, the big NFC West superpower, along with the Seahawks, and then got wiped uh, in the second half. Do we see the Seattle Seahawks taking care of business, or are the Seattle Seahawks, who, by the way, aren't giving Marshawn Lynch the ball enough, are they going to struggle and play another close game? I uh, thought for a minute that the Rams might be a sneaky pick here, but I don't believe it. I think that Vic Fangio blitzed Austin Davis, which I think will continue to be a problem for that quarterback. And I expect the Seahawks to put pressure on him too. This is when it gets ugly when you are the fourth best team in the in the division because you deal with the Niners on Monday night and you got a short week to turn around and deal with an angry Seahawks team. I mean, it would. there's nothing logical about picking the Rams. The only thing I kind of liked about the Rams in the beginning of that Niners game was that for the first time under Brian Schottenheimer's reign with that offense. We saw some of the young players being used. I like Trey Mason. I thought Tavon Austin finally was used in a way that kind of exposed his gifts in a good sense. And But how do you do that against this defense for four quarters? It's Seattle. not the same defense, though. I mean, Seattle's they, defense? No. They yeah. don't have Bobby Wagner, who's one of their best players. No Byron Maxwell. They don't have Byron Maxwell. So but Byron you, Maxwell was already the replacement, and he played really well last year, Brandon Browner. So now you're to guys like uh, – Burley, right? Uh, yeah. Who last week the the Cowboys targeted him and and it worked. And so now you've got some weak players on the field. They're missing Max Unger, who's a Pro Bowl type of center. They're missing Zach Miller, who is a key part. You know, they're missing a lot of players. But you're not willing to say that oh the God. Rams are going to give them a, a tough time of it. No, they're they're still a very good team. I just don't think they're the the same defense. They're really the same team when they're missing all these players. How could they be? Like the one thing with St. Louis, and that's true. And then I'm like, okay, well, so who on St. Louis is going to really take advantage of that and, and, and have a, right. a wild night? I just The don't... new gunslinger, Austin Davis. I like I like Austin Davis. It's sure. the Rams' defense that's the bigger problem. I mean, this is a team that's built to be great up front. Robert Quinn. And they're the worst pass rush in the league. You're sort of our Brian Schottenheimer beat writer, Mark. Um you gave him credit, and he deserves it. For the first time I can remember, they came out and were creative or smart. <laughs> Didn't you also get the sense with, as soon as his scripted plays were done, he had no answer? And that's what – watching a lot of bad football in Cleveland over the years where they had a so-called all-right play caller here and there, you'd see them come out firing for one quarter, and then it's like what we – what we our, our core talent and what we are at our base you can't just do – you can't do that for more than one quarter, you're dead. And, they, and that's the Rams. We all picked the Seahawks. 
moving on this game, I I can't get excited about the Tennessee Titans uh, head to Washington. Who? That is team that they exist in theory potentially. The Titans are heading to Washington to face the Redskins, uh, two teams that don't seem to be going anywhere. Uh, Mark, it is your job now to sell this game to America and all the people overseas and cover it on Sunday. <laughs> Wait a minute. That will be that the, that's the breaking news. Wait, that will be Sessler the third straight home. week that I'm covering the Titans. Didn't you, one, didn't you spend one Saturday this year just watching the Titans for fun? Yeah, yeah. And I am perfect a, for you. I, uh, I failed my family that day. I failed basically America on some Sell sense. it, Mark. Just don't watch All this right. game and just assume that you can write three things that are generic and concentrate on the other ones. Well, the reason this matters <laughs> to me, I like that strategy, this is big for Kirk Cousins. If he goes out and has one of his better games, suddenly the conversation's back in the mix of what do we do at the quarterback spot. If he lays another egg, we're going to see RG3 the minute he's healthy. I'm going to sell this game to you. Yeah, do it. If not for the storied, long-standing relationship between Jay Gruden and Bruce Allen, Jay Gruden would be coaching this Titans team right now. Mm. He was the first guy to interview for that job. Mm. They let him get away. And a night later, the Redskins made him an offer he couldn't refuse. I think the Titans wanted him. Gruden Just and the think Titans. Out football history. What if? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the Redskins aren't going to want him in two months either. <laughs> you know, you're not buying what I'm saying. Right, so Wes and I, no, I both like sort of try. failed on this front. So Greg, your turn. Sell it, Greg. Hey, all how many games are there a year? Two hundred and fifty-six. Whole bunch. They're all beautiful. They're all my children. You know. <laughs> I love them all. You know, I yeah, love the ugly ones. I love the ugly ones. Yeah, like sometimes. one eye is shooting in one direction. <laughs> it's got like a tuft of hair. Uh, one arm is significantly shorter than the other. It's a beast. Basically. I did, but Dan I'd rather has a watch... beautiful soul. <laughs> Perhaps. Not... I'd rather watch beautiful this soul? game than game seven of the World Series or, or just about anything. I'm not even kidding. Feels like a shot at me. No, it's not. If, if I, the Royals are playing, I'd rather watch the Royals. The Royals are a fun team to watch. We all picked the Redskins moving forward. The Kansas City Chiefs are heading to San Diego to face the Chargers. Philip Rivers continues his uh, his MVP tour potentially against the Chiefs. <laughs> it's now, a, a tour. It's a tour. <laughs> that's what their season is. That's, what they, that's how they're selling it's it It's like now. a cavalcade. He's riding in a convertible. <laughs> They'll like, buy him a Down rocking chair in Denver when he gets there. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's like when Jeter retired. He's getting gifts every, uh, every stadium he plays in. the middle of a season. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so the, the Chargers <laughs> are uh, playing well, obviously. They didn't play that well against the Raiders, but they still came out with a win. The Chiefs, another team, I can't get too excited about what are we th- what are our thoughts about this game the most impressive thing about the chargers to me is exactly what you said they've had a couple of games where you wouldn't expect them to play well and they've played just well enough to win but they take care of business i think the chiefs are one of the teams that it surprisingly excite me Ooh. that you, ne- <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen going into the year that's why we didn't choose the team of atl of course the san diego chargers until we were in five games in I'm kind of intrigued by this Kansas City team because I think they're playing to their capacity. Wesley's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm looking at you like the Chiefs excite you. I want to party with you, Cowboy. I like that kind of party. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me the bad Chiefs performance, though, since week one. That's fair. I mean, they've been close. There isn't one. Yeah. They've been a pretty good team. There isn't one since week one. What was their last game? They lost in San Francisco on a game that uh. was a very entertaining game. They've played really entertaining games. Alex Smith, you know, he's a good guy to root Hammered for. the Patriots. They, a lot of these games they were winning last year. That's the difference. I mean, it's, they're gonna, they have to at some point just 
you got to take care of this business here with the Chargers. I talked to a, two people inside the San Diego organization. Wow. And you know, I want to just explain something <laughs> about what news. happened in the last week. They, and as we suspected, when word kind of crept out over Twitter that we had picked them as our team, that is a lot of pressure. But mm. when you've got an MVP level quarterback, he got that, that group together in the locker room and said, this is just another thing we've got to deal with. In a good way now, we're, we're starting to get that acclaim and that attention. We're not that anonymous for, team down in San Diego. How are we going to deal with that? They're going to come out big this week. For litigation purposes, you must say that that didn't actually happen, I think. I'm not going to say anything. You can't prove if he has sources in that locker room. Why would I? Why would I? He he went down to San Diego in August and probably made a lot Mm, of close friends. Let's leave it right there. I did not think of that. But I thought you spent most of after that game coming up with your list of Cowboy defensive. I said two sources in San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Someone that works at like the Burger King. I didn't say where they were. (laughs) The guy who lives under the pier bridge. (laughs) It's Uh, a good game. This is a good game. Chiefs really need to win it, though. We all pick the Chargers. Yeah, if they go to two and four in that division, they're in hot water. It's just about over. It's too bad. I mean, they've played in Denver, in San Francisco, in San Diego. Their schedule's been pretty brutal. And finally, Chris Wessling, you you champion the Pittsburgh Steelers as a potential team of ATL. You, I don't remember that. You believe in them on some level, at least offensively, that they're an exciting, dynamic team. Uh, however, they have not gotten off to a good start this season. There is some wonder. There's even been some talk about Mike Tomlin. Is Mike Tomlin still in the future for this team? Now they have a home game against the Houston Texans, who we all know play some good defense, but have Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. You know what? You got to win this team, to win this game, Steelers. They're going to do it, right? They're not going to blow this game, are they? I have no idea. I don't know who the Steelers are. Mm. I think it's funny, like that. This is the year everyone wants to talk about Tomlin and ignore the Haley Big Ben mm. dynamic. Ben looks okay, but well, their hey, offense is not firing on all cylinders. And Heinz Ward came out and said this week, that's not Todd Haley's offense. Big Ben's calling the plays. Hmm. Well, and Big then, Ben isn't talking about Haley. That's the difference this and year. And then you run into a situation where they're asking him about Martavis Bryant, and Big Ben's basically like, I need to see that guy minding his P's and Q's. I need to see him in his playbook. It seems like Big Ben is running and the offense. It's in, now that you say that, I remember writing a post last week where they were talking about Le'Veon Bell didn't get a lot of carries in a game. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger, it was because he was checking out of plays into passes. And then when they asked Ben about it, he was like, I don't regret any of it. I wouldn't change it. So it's almost as if he's kind of uh, taking a stand that this is his offense. Mm. Maybe there's a little bit of a power struggle there. Todd Haley is Uncle Junior and Big Ben is Tony. You don't want to be Uncle (laughs) Junior. I don't think Houston's going to be able to take advantage of this necessarily. But my bigger issue is with Pittsburgh's defense in their secondary. Yeah. Because, you know, we talked about it. When you you allow a quarterback to complete – Eight passes all game, that should be a good thing, assuming they aren't running wild on you. And those, but each of those passes went for big yardage when Brian Hoyer threw them last week. That's not something that Pittsburgh, in its own division, has done in the past. They, well, they, they look lost to me. We gave Kyle Shanahan a lot of credit for his play calling last week. It was essentially just written in capital letters, throw the ball at Cortez Allen. I mean, this guy has to be playing worse than any cornerback in the league. He's given up more big plays than any cornerback I think in the he's league. been benched. And it, they just gave him a lot of money. There's no pass rush. I mean, the offense has been out of sync, like Marcus Wheaton's running the wrong routes, things like that. They they tend to get a lot of yards and then not Making finish drives. Making leap candidate. But the defense Marcus is worse. Wheaton. The defense has been far worse. Yeah. They fell for the banana in a tailpipe over and over again against the Browns. Boot action, play action. Every time the linebackers are going one way 
and Hoyer's going the other way and finding receivers running dig routes, crossers all over, open down the field. But one thing, it wasn't just that because Cleveland's run for like 358 yards in two games on Pittsburgh. No, no team has done that in its in division anywhere in, since 1989 against Pittsburgh. Wow, this the is a run rare defense case. sucks. The fan consensus is picking. Our, and that's America. You can go to weekly pick them. And overseas. See our picks there and, and overseas. The Texans are getting picked about 65% of the time in this game, which is bizarre to me. feel good about this. And yet we all went across on the Patriots. Uh, one I last, mean on the Steelers. Uh, Jadavian Clowney could play. Game time decision on Monday night. Uh, okay, that's it for Thursday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, we will be back on Sunday night with our Week 7 recap that we'll goes round and round and round. Signing off, this is Dan Hansis for the Sizzler, the Mailman, the Boss, Tate Day behind the glass. What's happening, fellas? Till Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.